Today's episode is going to be a little bit different from the ones I've been doing. Usually I take a topic or a theme and I just kind of talk about that. But today what I'm doing is I'm taking a passage of scripture and I'm going to extract some themes or some principles for us to live by from that from that passage, from that scripture. And the scripture I've chosen is one that, man, it, it's meant a lot to me. It's helped me out a lot in my years, especially when I was a younger bro. It's really helped me a lot. It's Psalm number one. And before I get into the teaching, I'm not going to go verse by verse. I'm really going to focus on one of the verses. But before I do that, I'll, I'll read the entire Psalm because if you're driving or cutting the grass or something like that, I know you won't have the opportunity to read it yourself. So I'll read it and then I'll start breaking it down for you. So let's get started, bro. You're listening to the Christian Bro Code Podcast, a discipleship podcast for men dedicated to adding value to your spiritual growth with your host, Mario Escobedo. What's up, bro? Hey, what's up, bro? Welcome to the Christian Bro Code Podcast. This is episode number nine, and this is the men's discipleship podcast dedicated to adding value to your spiritual growth. I am your host, Mario Escobedo. We're just going to jump right on into today's conversation. All the other stuff I usually do about the Facebook group and subscribing and all that, I'll save that to the end because I, I just want to share with you from Psalm number one. So this is an incredible Psalm. It's it's pretty important because whoever put all the Psalms together, you know, whoever edited what we now have as the book of Psalms, decided that this Psalm was important enough that it would lead off this entire book of 150 Psalms. So for me, it, it really sets the stage for the book of the Psalter or the, the, the Psalms. I'm going to read Psalm number one to you, and then I'm, I'm going to start breaking down some ideas that are in Psalm number one. So here's what it says, verse one, blessed is the one, blessed is the bro, who doesn't walk in, the, in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. Verse three, that person or that bro is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Verse four, not so the wicked. They're like chaff that the wind blows away. Verse five, therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. Verse six, for the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. Now, I'm, I'm going to mention a couple of things about verses one and two, but where I'm really going to do a deep dive is in verse number three. That's where I'm going to, there's just some incredible things that have helped me personally in my growth as a Christian bro. Verse three, just, man, it's, it's, it's power packed. Okay, so let let me mention just a couple of things about verses one and two before we, we really get into the meat of this episode, which is verse three. But verse one, I'll read it again, says, blessed is the bro who doesn't walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, basically talking about blessed is the bro who doesn't allow himself to be influenced by negative individuals, by sinful and wicked individuals. That's the gist of verse one. In verse two, it gives the contrast to verse one. Instead of being influenced by wicked individuals and sick, uh, sinful bros, the, this bro decides to do this instead. His delight is in the law of the Lord, and he meditates on his law day and night. A couple of things I want to mention there. When it says the word law, 
that word in the original language in the Hebrew is Torah, the word Torah, and it it can refer to the law that you and I typically think of, you know, the uh, however many regulations and laws and decrees that there are in the Pentateuch. Yeah, that's one understanding of the law, but it is a much broader understanding. Anytime you see that word law in the Old Testament, the really the way you can translate that, law is a good translation, but another translation is instruction more general. It's a bit broader. It's not limited just to the regulations that we see in the book of Deuteronomy, Leviticus, Numbers, etc. It's a more broad term. It's a general term to mean the instruction of the Lord. And so by that, I understand that a Christian bro decides to be guided by God's instruction. You and I, who are now New Testament bros or New Testament believers, we could say we're guided by God's instruction through the Holy Spirit guiding us. And definitely God's Word is part of that instruction that guides us, but it's not limited to what you and I would think about the law, you know, Moses' law. It's not limited to that. It's a broader term, meaning God's general instruction to us. And then in the second half of verse 2, it says, uh, you know, his delight is in the law of the Lord, and he meditates on his law day and night. Now, I want to call your attention to that word, meditates. Because nowadays, the word meditate means you just kind of sit around, empty your mind, right? Just empty your mind and think about nothing, and that's meditation. And I don't doubt that that's a valid form of meditation, and that from that there are times that Christian bros, we do need to do that, just kind of be still and know that he's God, definitely. But in this case, that word used there in the original language kind of means more than just sitting quietly and contemplating. No, it, it's more than that. That word in the original language means like, a, how can I explain it? Like kind of like talking underneath your breath kind of thing, kind of like you're doing something like this. You know, that, that's, that's what that word meditate in that context means. When you meditate on his law, it's not just quiet contemplation. There, there's time for that. But there's almost this sense in when you in which when you meditate on God's instruction, it's it's audible. And it may be audible only to you, but it's still audible. And and there's there's power in hearing yourself recite God's word. So it could it could sound something like this. I'm just gonna take uh, verse one, for example, from Psalm one. This is what I think the idea of Psalm verse 2, Psalm 1 verse 2, where it says he meditates on his law day and night, I think this is what it refers to, this this type of activity that I'm about to do. This is what it would sound like. Blessed is the one who doesn't walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers. And you, you repeat that. Blessed is the one who doesn't walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit. See, that, that constant murmuring, that constant speaking sort of through your lips, through your teeth, under your breath, that's the idea of meditating on God's law. There's power in hearing yourself speak God's word. You know, it, you're, you're declaring it, and then at the same time, you're kind of feeding your own spirit by declaring God's word. That's that's what this psalm, in the context of this psalm, that word meditate doesn't mean, in my opinion, doesn't mean just quiet, silent contemplation. It means kind of, it's, it's a bit more active than that. It's feeding your own self with God's Word. And in these two verses combined, really what what's being taught in these two verses, these first two verses, is that a Christian bro has to make a choice. Whom will you allow to influence the direction your life takes? 
In verse 1, it says, man, you're blessed if you don't allow yourself to be influenced by sinful individuals, wicked individuals. You're blessed because instead you decide to be guided and influenced by God's instruction. It really is, uh, these first two verses, it really is a call to make a decision. Who is going to influence the direction your life takes? And of course, the, the instruction here is make it God's word, God's instruction that influences, is the primary influence for the direction that your life is going to take. Now, when we get into verse 3, we see the results. What happens with that bro, that Christian bro, who makes the decision to be influenced by God's instruction and not by the counsel of wicked individuals, of of sinful individuals. Verse 3, and this is where I'm going to camp out. This is the rest of the episode, pretty much. Verse 3 lists the results of following God's instruction. So let me read verse 3 to you, and then I'm going to break it down. Verse 3 says, that person, that person who meditates on God's law, that, that person who is influenced, their life is influenced and directed by God's instruction, that person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which gives its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither, whatever they do prosper. I want, I want to break it down, okay? So here are the results. Result number one, and I'm just going to take it in the order that the psalm lists them out. The first, the first result is that it says that person is like a tree planted by streams of water. Now, th- that's an imp- don't, don't read over that too quickly. Don't just see that as a nice metaphor or a nice analogy. Oh, I'm a tree. How pretty. No, no it, it's, it's much, much more than that. Here's what it means. When you decide to allow God's word to be the deciding and the influencing factor in your life, God puts you in the best possible place for your growth. That's when I read this psalm, this that's what I get out of it. You're planted by streams of water. God plants you or he puts you in the best possible place for your growth. Just think about it. A tree that is planted next to a river or next to streams and its roots start going deep into the ground, but it's right there next to the river. It's right there next to the streams of water. It's constantly being nourished. It's never going to lack nourishment. It's never going to lack water because it's been planted in the ideal place for growth. Now, notice the language that is used here. It doesn't say you will be a play, a tree that plants itself by streams of waters. No, it says the, street, the tree will be planted. That means a tree cannot plant itself. <laughs> that, that makes sense. A tree can't plant itself. It's... It's the farmer who decides where to plant the tree. It's the farmer who decides where is the best place for the tree to be planted in order for that tree to grow. And it's the same concept, spiritually speaking. When you follow God's instruction, you are allowing yourself, you're telling God, God, you are the quote-unquote farmer, I'm the tree, and I know that you are going to plant me in the best possible place for my growth. If I continue following your instruction, I allow my life to be influenced and guided by your instruction. I'm allowing myself to be planted in the best possible place for my growth. And and you're going to plant me. It's ridiculous to think that a tree can look at the agriculturalist or at the farmer and say, hey, bro, I don't want to be planted here. Plant me somewhere else. You didn't pick a good spot. 
You didn't you didn't pick the right spot. Now, the tree doesn't <laughs> the tree doesn't have that voice. The tree can't tell the farmer. The farmer knows where the tree is going to be nourished and where the best place for the growth of that tree is going to be. It's the same way with us and God. We don't tell God, God, plant me there, plant me here. No, no. God knows where to plant us. And when we follow his instruction, we allow his word and his instruction to be the guiding and influencing factor in our life. God will plant us in the place that is the absolute best place for our growth. Now, now notice this. When God plants you, a lot of the growth that's going to take place in your life is going to happen underground where nobody can see what's happening. Before a tree can really just shoot up, it has to shoot down, right? It, it, its roots have to just get really ingrained into the dirt and, and be at a place where it could take up all that nourishment from the soil and from the, the streams of water. And, and there, there's times when no one may see the growth that you're going through, but you know that underneath the soil where it's dirty and it's 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 a lot of soil and water and all that stuff, the growth is taking place down there. And that that's okay. It's okay that for a season, the growth is taking place underground. You know you're growing. It may not be completely evident to everybody, but you know that you're growing and God is taking you through a season of growth because he's planted you in that place where it's best for your growth. How, how does that growth take place? Well, prayer for sure. Reading your Bible, absolutely. Spending time with God. Becoming better at what you're called to do. Sometimes you grow when you just lock yourself up in a room and, and you just get better at your craft. I, I can remember uh, when I was younger, a lot younger, I used to play the, the keyboard. And, you know, I wasn't necessarily good, but I wasn't the worst keyboard player ever. But I remember I would just lock myself up in my room literally for hours and just play and play and play and play and play over and over and over. I'd stay up till late, late at night just playing and playing and playing. And nobody in the church knew what was going on in my life, but there was growth taking place in my personal life. And it was just stuff that God planted me in a certain place. And I just had to take that opportunity to grow even though nobody else was seeing it. Your growth is going to happen, and sometimes not everyone is going to see all the growth that's taking place in you. So that's that's the first thing I pull out from verse number three. You're planted. When you're directed and guided by God's instruction, God's word, God will plant you like a tree in the best possible place for your growth. The next thing, verse three goes on to say, okay, that, that bro is like a tree planted by streams of water, and look at what it says next, which gives its fruit. I'm going to stop right there. It gives its fruit. And and you you might think it's not significant what that little phrase says, but to me it is totally it is really significant when it says it gives its fruit. And I'm emphasizing its. It gives its fruit. Why? Because I think what this verse is saying is this. Don't worry about giving somebody else's fruit. Give the fruit God designed you to give. Here's what I mean. An apple tree, when it's planted, an apple tree can't give oranges. An orange tree can't give apples. An apple tree is going to give its fruit, the type of fruit it is designed and engineered by God to give. An orange tree is going to give its fruit. And in your case as a Christian bro, in my case as a Christian bro, our concern should be to give our fruit. My concern should, should be to give my fruit. I should not concern myself with the fruit that you're giving and saying, man, I wish I could give that kind of fruit. No, you're planted 
and you're going to give your fruit, the fruit that God has designed and crafted you to give. You, you shouldn't be worried about the other bro and, say, and, and just kind of jealously longing to be able to give that kind of fruit. Man, I wish I could sing like that bro. I wish I could preach like that bro. I wish I could do this or do that like that bro. No, that's not your fruit. Don't worry about that. Discover what your fruit is and give your fruit. I think that's what that part of that verse is saying, is that you, that tree gives its fruit, the fruit it's supposed to give. That, that's, what you, that's what you want to be working on. God isn't expecting you to give the same fruit someone else is giving. <laughs> that's, that's not God. He's not comparing you to some other bro and saying, oh, well, he's giving apples. You're an orange tree. You should give apples too. No, 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 no. That's not what God is expecting from you. But what God is expecting is for you to give the fruit he created you to give. And if, if you're struggling with figuring that out, uh, it's in the previous episode, episode number eight of the Christian Bro Code podcast, where I talk about a, a process that you can engage in to discover the type of fruit that you should be giving, the, 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 the purpose and the passion that you should be pursuing for your life, basically the fruit that you should focus your, on, your attention on giving. But don't get caught up in this stuff of, well, this bro can do that, or well, maybe I should have to do that too. Well, this bro can do that, maybe I should do that too. No, nah, 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 don't get caught up in that mess. Give your fruit, the fruit that God designed you to give, that's the kind of fruit that you need to give. And when you allow your life to be guided and instructed and influenced by God's instruction, God will guide you in the process of giving your fruit, the kind of fruit that he designed you to give, not anybody else. All right. Verse three goes on to say, that person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which gives its fruit. And then the next thing it says, in season. And that, that's important too. And man, all these little phrases, the, the Bible authors guided by the Holy Spirit, they just don't put words in there for fluff. I mean, I, in my opinion, everything has, it's important and, and it's, it, it can have an impact. Notice where it says in season, it gives its fruit in season. What does that mean? To me, here's what it means. Don't rush the process of giving fruit. You know, especially, especially if you're a younger bro, I mean, even an older bro, I mean, we, we all go through this. You start engaging in the growth process and immediately you want to see the fruit like now. And you start saying, man, well, well I started yesterday. Why, why is it taking so long for me to give fruit? I, I, I started 24 hours ago. I started a month ago doing this and learning how to do this. Why, why am I not seeing fruit yet? Well, you can't rush the process of giving fruit. It's in season. You have to give fruit in season according to the seasons that God has established for your life. That's when you're going to give fruit, not sooner and not later. If you're if you're struggling with this because you're not seeing fruit and you're you're frustrated because it feels as if you've been doing something for a long time and you're not seeing the results or the fruit of it. No, just take a step back and say, God. It's in your season. Now, I'm not saying to procrastinate and to put things off and just don't do something and just have one excuse after another. No, 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 no. Be working on the process of growth and of giving fruit, but allow it to happen in season, according to the season that God has determined. That's when you should be looking to produce fruit, not sooner and not later. Because notice this, have, have you ever bitten into a piece of fruit that's still green? It's not ripe yet. What happens? It tastes horrible. It's sour. And, and if you eat enough of green fruit, that fruit that's not ripe enough yet, it makes you sick. 
And, and I, I experienced that when I was a kid because my dad had like a bunch of fruit trees in our backyard. And, and I loved the plums and the, the green apples that he had and the peaches. And sometimes I get too excited and I'd go and I start picking some plums and I'd just start biting into them and, and they weren't completely ready yet. And if I ate too many of them, cause I didn't care. I mean, I was a kid, I just eat them. When I ate too many of them, it was like, man, it gave me the runs. I had to run to the restroom and I'm like, oh man, I'm not going to do that again because I wasn't eating the fruit in its season. It wasn't time for me to eat that fruit yet. And, and the same is going to happen with you if you try to rush the growth process, if you try to rush the process of giving fruit and you try to force people to accept your ministry or to accept the fruit that you're trying to give, it's going to damage people more than it's going to hurt them. Everything has to happen in season, in the time that God has determined, in the season that God has determined. Your season right now might be a season of sitting back and learning and just absorbing water from the streams where God planted you. That might be the season that you're in right now. If so, accept it. You'll be a lot happier if you just accept it and and just, just go with it and allow yourself to be nourished. I, I went through a season like that a few years ago. Uh, I was on on staff at a university, a Christian university, and, and I always loved church ministry. And so we started attending a church, and for the two and a half years that we were at that church, I wasn't involved in ministry. And, and I, I feel that I honestly tried to get into ministry. I, I would contact people and I'd say, hey, I'd like to do this, I'd like to do that. And for whatever reason, it just never worked out. And I was very frustrated. And I look back now, and it was a season that God was preparing me, that God was using to prepare me for this next season that I'm in now. Because that church, it was a large church. It was, you know, 3,000 people or something. And I had never attended a church like that. All the churches I had ever attended were small churches, you know, 100, 150 people. This was the first time I had ever been in a church that large. And I needed to go through that season of learning how a church, even from, you know, from the perspective of a congregant, how a large church operates because now I'm at I'm on staff at a large church. And had I not been through that experience, through that season where it was just a time for me to sit back and learn, I think I would have had a much harder time in this season that I'm in now at a large church. I wish I had understood that back then, that God was telling me it's it's not season for you to be trying to give fruit. Just sit back, be nourished by the streams of water, and grow. That was the season. And, and even though I fought against it, I'm glad that God in his mercy and his grace used that season to grow me for this season that I'm in now. Don't rush the process of giving fruit. Let it happen in season. All right, going on in verse 3. That person is like, that bro is like a tree planted by streams of water, gives its fruit in season, and says, whose leaf does not wither. I like that, and I'm just gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna dwell on this for too long. It, it just, it's just talking about, there, there's, even though you're not always giving fruit, it's not your season to give fruit year-round, you will continually be growing. Your leaf, so to speak, will always be green. You'll always be nourished. Anytime you give yourself over to following God's instruction and being influenced by God's Word and making that the primary motivator and influencer of your life, anytime you do that, there will be growth. There may not be fruit in that particular season. It may not be season for you to give fruit, but let me tell you this— it's always season for you to grow. It's always season for you to grow. And if you're if you're that tree planted by the streams of water, you're you're allowing yourself to be influenced by God's uh, word and God's spirit, then you will always have those green leaves. Growth should always be taking place. And you can be nourished and growing as God takes you through the process of giving fruit, 
right? There's still life. If there's no fruit in that season, if the leaves are green, th- that, that tree still has life, and that tree is still growing. So even though you, you may be in a season where, where you may not be giving fruit in that particular moment, God may be using that season to continue to grow you for the season when you do need to give growth. Now, the last thing that this verse 3 mentions, uh, that person that grows like a tree planted by streams of water, gives its fruit in season, leaf does not wither, and then it says, the very last thing it says is, whatever they do prospers. And I, and I want to I I give you a, a different take on that translation, okay? Uh, let, let me get into just a little bit of the original language here, where it says everything he does prospers. That word right there, prospers, in the original language, uh, it's called a hyphial verb. A hyphial verb. Okay, that means nothing to you. Don't worry about it. A hyphial verb in the original language, it's a causative verb. Okay, it's a causative verb. What that means is that any word can be just a, a normal verb. But if you change it just a little bit, it can become a causative verb. So here, here's what I mean. Instead of reading everything he does prospers, I think I can make the case that you can actually translate this portion of, of this verse this way. Everything he does, he causes to prosper. That, that's a slight difference, but it is different. Because for me, when it says everything he does prospers, it's just kind of coincidental or it just happens because it happens. It's kind of passive. But I think it's a lot more powerful when you take seriously that this is a causative verb in the original language and that it could potentially be translated. Some of you Hebrew scholars out there might disagree with me, but it could potentially be translated as everything he does, he causes to prosper. It does, doesn't, doesn't just happen. You are a cause of prosperity and success. You are the reason. When you allow yourself to be influenced by God's instruction, and God's instruction is the primary influencer of your life, it's not just that good things happen for you and that the things that you do prosper and they go well. No, it's it's more than that. You can actually be a cause, a reason for things to prosper, not just for yourself, but for others as well. That excites me. That for me, that's kingdom thinking. That that for me, that is the gospel, that we can be the cause for the prosperity, for the success of other people, that to know that by being influenced and directed by God's instruction and God's spirit, I can be the reason. I can be the cause that somebody else comes to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. I won't be the re- I won't I won't save them. I'm not the one who saves them. I'm not the one who does the work of salvation. For sure, not. However, I can be the cause for them coming to Jesus as their Savior. And that's an exciting thought for me, to know that one of the results of allowing God to be the primary influencing factor in my life, one of the results is that I end up helping others. I end up being the reason or the cause for the success or the blessing that other people can experience. I I find that mind-blowing, that God, in his infinite wisdom and power, would decide to use me to be the reason or to be the cause or or a facilitator or a vehicle or a, a, a vessel, however you want to put it, 
for the blessing, the success, the prosperity of other individuals. I, I love that thought. I love that notion of being used by God in that capacity. So there, that that's that's what I take away from, from verse 3 of Psalm chapter 1. Let me quickly review what it is that I shared in this episode. I'm not going to go into verses, uh, the remaining verses, verses 4, 5, and 6, because like I told you at the top of the episode, I wanted to pull out and, and just deal with verse 3, because to me, there's just so much there that can really help us as Christian bros as we as we seek to grow. So uh, again, what are the things that I talked about? Let me review them very quickly with you. In verse 3, it says that that bro, that person who follows God's instructions and meditates on God's instructions or God's law, his Torah, that person is planted by the streams of waters. That means that God puts you in the best possible place for your growth. Then it goes on to say that you give your fruit in season. Don't worry about giving someone else's fruit. Give the fruit that God designed you to give. You give it in season. Don't rush the process of growth and of giving fruit. Let it happen in God's timing. Your leaf will not wither. What does that mean? That even if you're not giving fruit, you can always be growing and always seeking to grow. And finally, everything you do, it doesn't just prosper, but you can also actually be the cause for things to prosper and to go well, not only for your own life, but in the lives of other individuals as well. So here, there you go, bro. Psalm chapter one, and especially verse uh, verse three. And let, let me invite you to do this. Uh, verse two says, you know, we talked about verse two, that the delight is in the law of the Lord and you meditate on that law day and night. Let me invite you to take this Psalm, whether it's all six verses or just verse three or another verse that jumps out at you from this Psalm and, and meditate on it. And remember we said meditation in the context of this Psalm is something that you can actually hear yourself. You're, you're nourishing yourself by hearing your own voice, your own self repeating the words of God's instruction. In this case, it could be the Psalm. All right. So, Hey, that's it for this episode. I, I have a lot of fun doing these where I get to dive into a passage of scripture and just kind of tear it apart and take things out and, and, and find life principles for growth. And for us as bros, I mean, that the Bible is the, the basis of everything that we do, and it's it's sufficient. It just has everything that we need to live the life that God intends for us to live, and it's a fantastic life if we follow God's instruction. So, hey, thanks so much for joining me and listening in on this episode of the Christian Bro Code podcast. I want you to join the conversation. I'm doing some things on the Facebook uh, group, the Christian Bro Code Facebook group. So, for example, uh, a previous episode that I recorded, I as I was recording the episode, I was doing a Facebook Live session. So there was some conversation after I finished recording. Also, I, I took some time one night. It was kind of late because bros kind of stay up late sometimes. And uh, I just, I was on Facebook Live, didn't have any agenda or any particular topic I wanted to talk about, but it was a call-in sort of scenario. So I had about three bros that I, you know, I asked them to call in and uh, we're just, we're just talking about random things. And it was just, you know, just no specific agenda or direction that it was taking, just talking about it. So if you want to be in those kinds of things, that sort of that insider content of the Christian Bro Code podcast, then head on over to my website, marioescobedo.com and click on the button that says, click here to join the conversation. And that will get you to where you need to go to join the Christian Bro Code Facebook group. Also, 
I've got a mailing list there at my website. You can click on the word that says subscribe, give me your first name, your email address, and you'll always be notified whenever there's a new episode of the Christian Bro Code Podcast. I would love it. It'd be an incredible help if you subscribed to this podcast via iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, wherever you get it. Rate the podcast and review it. I would love a five-star rating. I'd love an awesome review, but what's more important is that you give it an honest review. Their bros looking for stuff to add to their spiritual growth, and what they need from you is an honest review, not necessarily a good review. If you don't want to give it a five star, then don't. If you don't feel that this is good stuff, then then be honest. Bros need your honest response and your honest review to this podcast. That's really what's going to help them. So, hey, that is it for this episode. Keep tuning in. And uh, in the Facebook group, you can leave suggestions for topics. I've, I've gotten a list of things that I want to cover, but I love hearing from the community. I love hearing from other bros and jump into the Facebook group and, and leave some suggestions about topics that you think would be valuable to discuss on the podcast and that would add value to your spiritual life and the spiritual growth of other bros as well. So thanks again. Keep tuning in. God bless. I'll talk to you later, bro.